Hey there, welcome to Shift for Wellness, the podcast. I'm Jennifer, and this space has been created just for you as it promotes living with ease while facing challenges and trauma with courage and resilience. I'm fortunate enough to have an older brother who's nine years older than me. I've always looked up to him. He's been the best big brother ever. He's been nothing but kind and generous and loving to me. And as a kid, there was just so many years between us. I always felt like he was somehow out of reach. And it wasn't until I got older, when we had our daughters that are two days apart from each other, that the gap between our ages narrowed tremendously. And we're now more like good friends than older brother and younger sister. My guest today is very much like another brother to me. The comfort level I have with my own brother is the very same comfortability I found when I met Rich Mancuso. The first time I sat next to him during a 10-day training we had together, I had an immediate sense of comfortability, a knowing, an understanding. There was very much a brother energy there for me before we even said hello. We met at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, where we, along with 40 plus other beautiful souls, came together for a breathwork healer training. And during the start of the training, I took the liberty, as I often do, to list the names and locations of everyone in class as we went around the room and introduced ourselves. It's just very important for me to know and remember the names of the people that I'm going to be spending time with. And I'm always very curious as to where people are from and how they arrived there. So I like to write these things down. Rich had a bit of an edge. He was from Manhattan, after all, and living in the metropolitan area. Many people here tend to have an edge, a bit of a cynical side. Though it wouldn't be fair to say that everyone living here does. I certainly don't have a cynical side, and I know plenty of people who also don't have a cynical side. But there was an immediate banter back and forth between Rich and our teacher, and I wondered if our teacher felt it too. Rich was funny, honest, curious, intense at times because of his want to know more about the intricacies of the breath. And then came the day that I found myself sitting next to Rich. Next to him was where I was going to be spending my entire day from morning to night. I don't know how our conversation started, but we didn't speak right away. And then when we did, I didn't feel like Rich was a stranger to me. I didn't feel like I had to be on guard, like I had to watch what I said or how I said it, you know, like you do with people that you just meet. I felt as if he and I had been friends forever, even more than a friend, like a brother. I felt like he was a brother to me more than a friend. I felt this solidarity with him, like we'd been here before. And I quickly learned of Rich's respect for the breath, his passion for his practice, and his passion to bring that practice to everyone within his reach. I learned that day that what I observed as intensity in Rich was passion and drive and determination to know everything he could to improve himself and his practice and elevate his contributions here on earth. The testimonials from his students speak to his attentiveness his comforting nature, his patience, and his enthusiasm for his work. For me, there's nothing like someone who listens, someone who hears every word, someone who allows those words to roll around a bit and then probe for more understanding. This is Rich, and I'm so excited for you to meet him. Listen in as we talk about the work Rich does for himself every day to find his favorite me and how he transfers that work over to his clients. When we were breathing the other night with our group, um, I wasn't able to do the entire breath work portion of it. So I knew that I wanted to, um, I knew that I wanted to make sure I got to experience yours because when your email came, I saw that you popped that freebie in there and I thought, wow, that is so fabulous. And you know what I loved most about it was that you gave me a time limit. You said this video was only available until, and I said, oh man, I really have to get on that and make it happen. Otherwise, it would have been just nice to know that you were always there in my back pocket and I would have always wanted to get to you, but your call to action to say, this is available until Friday. I was like, "Uh Oh, I got to get on it. Yeah. I, you know, 
because I teach so many classes a week online, you know, it's kind of like I'm giving something away that I'm actually doing that I'm, you know, I'm trying to get people to come, but I'm trying to get people to just breathe more. So in a way, it's kind of like, here's something for free and you could do it, like you said, anytime, but you have a week to do it. And I thought a week was pretty, you know, it's a long time. Like, you know, if you, if you see it on Friday when it, when it went out and it's like, okay, you had all day Saturday, you know, all day Sunday, maybe if you were busy, it's like, oh, you know, on Monday night, I'll do it. Or, you know, you find the time. Uh, if you want that kind of experience. You had seven days. You had seven yeah. days to practice with you for free. And I'll tell you, I loved that, um, you know, it was only breath work. You didn't have your um, your stretch and your release in there. But uh-huh. I will tell you that when I started to breathe, I went in very quickly because I know you've added Reiki to your process as well. Yeah, That's new for you, right? The Reiki part is new, but I was doing Pranavidya and Qigong work on people, uh, you know, probably from the very beginning that I started doing the breath work because, you know, I've been playing with energy for a long time. And uh, we have mutual friends that do Reiki. Um, and it's funny, I, you know, I, I found out about Reiki many, many years ago, like one of the first things. And uh, I had a friend who was doing it. And I, you know, I, I, and I just didn't, it just didn't resonate with me at the time. But then, you know, one of our mutual friends does it and her practice resonated with me. Um, you know, she does breathwork and Reiki and I was like, wow, you know, it's pretty powerful. Um, yeah. And I just thought, I just thought it was just a nicer way to bring the energy in. You know, it seems like it's a little bit easier to bring it because she can bring it or Reiki can come in in a group setting. You know, I'm not necessarily doing it in a group setting yet, but like that but you can bring it in in a group setting and set an intention that way. Yeah. So I like, you know, I like the energy work along with it, especially if you're doing something one-on-one with someone, it's kind of like, you know, they're laying there, all the emotions are coming through, all the release is happening. Why not pump them with all this loving energy, right? Cause you know, and, and, and I, and I truly believe that it's all the same. You can call it Reiki, you can call it Pranavidya, you can call it Qigong, call it whatever you like, you know, it's coming from the source. You're calling it in. And how you call it in is, you know, is your own business. You know, that's why, mm-hmm. you know, different cultures will have different methodologies. And it's like, oh, okay, so out of the Indian culture, it comes, you know, it's going to call Pranavidya. Out of, you know, the Chinese culture, it's going to be called Qigong, you know, mm-hmm. and out of Japan, it's going to be called Reiki. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure the American Indians have a certain way to do it. And, you know, I don't know, you know, it, I'm, it's like anything else. It's like the umbrella, right? When we say energy work, and then all of a sudden, you know, you look at it, it's like, wow, it's pretty vast. Everyone mm-hmm. seems to be, you know, like, you, you know, you talk to people, it's like, oh, I do, so, you know, cra- cranial sacral or someone else, you know, I, I had someone else who wanted to do an exchange with me. And it was like, I don't even know, I can't remember then what it was, but I was like, I've never even heard of this. And, you know, but again, you're on the table and they're moving energy around. And, and it's funny, I have one of my teachers uh, who taught me the Pranavidya and we work, I have a hip issue and, uh, they want you know, they basically told me to go see the surgeon and get a hip replacement, you know, and I was like, that kind of bummed me out. And, uh, and I do have a belief that you can change things, right? Like, you know, if you can make yourself sick by your thoughts, why can't you make yourself better? I heard someone talking the other day and it's like, all right, raise your right hand. Okay. Now tell me how you raised your right hand and go through all the mechanics of how you raised it. You don't know. Oh, well, I thought about it and I pulled it up. Okay. So how'd you pull it up? Tell me about that. Go into it. I mean, it's you, right? You do it. You do it all the time. You should know exactly what you're doing. And it's like, well, I don't. And the same thing's happening with the energy work, right? I, I don't know what's going on. Some people see the energy. Some people feel the energy. You know, however you do it, it's like, but, you know, you can feel it. It's funny. Like, if you, I, I don't know, have you, do you play with the energy? Do you do Qigong and you do stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you are, you're, you're a very, you're very gifted Um you're a very gifted energy healer. You're very talented at holding space because I told you when I went right in, I went right in very, very, very quickly to what typically happens for me once my brain really relaxes about 10 minutes into my breathing. So it happened almost immediately for me. And when you, I think it might be the pitch of your voice because as soon as you started talking, um, I had immediate tears. You were talking about the wounded animal. I knew knew exactly where you were going with it. I knew exactly the analogy that um, you were going to share. And so I love that release of tears that just happens when I breathe. And then there was another release 
it was early in the morning and I had just had my breakfast too. So I wasn't even, I was, I was breathing very gently because I wanted to have the experience, honor my time, make sure I had all my little morning routine happening as well. And to have that powerful an experience and not even go full force, it was really awesome. You, there was, um, you know, the way that you design, and, and I know that sometimes this is intentional, but also throughout the facilitation process, um, it, it becomes very organic too, right? So, because whether somebody is working with you one-on-one in real time or if someone is watching a video a week after you created it, it's still real time for them because it's energetic, right? And you had this sound of bowl and you had the sound of rain. I had another very beautiful release. And then you started to talk about, um, you know, you you went into inner child work and parts work and um, mentioning the sludge. And it was so funny because I said to myself, it's not, it's not sludge for me. It's not sludge. And when you said sludge, I said to myself, I'm not seeing sludge. Can you please present, you know, I'm talking to my higher self. And I said, could you please present my sludge? Like, what is my sludge? And I was then presented with every version of myself, every part of myself that experienced adversity in my life. And it was all right there for me. And that was my sludge. And, you know, when you were offering the invitation to hand it back to the mother, it was great because we were all holding hands and, uh, you know, we were all lifted up. It was just so beautiful. It was just such a beautiful way to start the morning. And sometimes when I do breath work, I um, feel lighter, but there's still a part of me that doesn't feel very grounded afterward, still a little bit floaty. But um, the way you incorporate the circular breath, which you introduced me to, and your dance party at the end, I think is super because I don't always want to do it. I want to stay in that space, but I think it's a perfect ending to grounding and remembering that, hey, stop taking things so seriously and just staying connected with your sense of humor. So I love your whole style. Thank you. Thanks. That means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. Inner child work refers to the child we once were, and that could be the infant, the toddler, the tween, the teenager. It's the child we once were, and it can include positive and also negative aspects. And what we're talking about with inner child work are needs that were not met, possible needs and emotions that were suppressed during childhood. In addition to things like innocence and creativity and joy that are also very childlike, that are still waiting within us to be met. And when you work with your inner child, there's lots of different ways to work with your inner child. And that's for a whole other podcast. But it sounds like reparenting and holding space for that child you once were validating the needs that were not met, advocating and nurturing your younger self. The benefits of doing inner child work give that child we once were a voice. We get the opportunity to reparent that child, parent that child the way it would have appreciated being parented. You get to create safety and express true feelings There's also the opportunity to release any repressed feelings. And then there's also the opportunity to separate mentally, emotionally, and energetically from that past self. Rich goes on to talk about using his technique, BSR, to up-level himself on a daily basis. Listen in to hear what he has to say. 
I'm just taking pieces of different things that have happened to me or, you know, different teachers and, you know, uh, that circulatory breath is, you know, I was studying Wim Hof for a long, you know, for a while. And I read that book, Breath by James Nestor that, you know, I don't know if you've read it or if your people have read it. It's a fabulous book. And just because it doesn't, it's not about the mechanics of breathing. It's more of just like, it's just informational about like what's going on in the human and why we breathe a certain way and how we should breathe to function throughout the day and to move forward in your day. Like if you got to go to work, if you got to deal with your kids, if you just got to deal with life, you know, you got stuff to do. It's not like I can just be in this floaty place and be like slow on the draw and like, yeah, I'll get to it later. And maybe I'll just sit here and look at the sun and, you know, the clouds for a little while. It's like, yeah, you know, that's cool, but I'm not on a retreat. I'm in my life, you know, so I'm using this stuff to really up-level myself on a daily basis. So when you talk about practicing in the morning, it's like, yeah, exactly. First thing, I'm down on the floor, I'm laying there, I got my headphones on, I'm putting the playlist on, I'm figuring out what my intention is, and then I'm going for it, right? And if I don't have an intention, I'm grabbing one of those cards. And I think the, the session that you did, I probably grabbed the card. I'm, I'm trying to remember uh, which one it was. was it, I don't think it was vulnerability. Was it vulnerability? I don't think so. I know it was a, okay. lot, of, a lot about self-love. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it was the self-love day. And then, uh, cause I had done vulnerability just, uh, a couple of days before that. So, um, yeah. And I think the theme, you know, whatever the theme is, it's like, you just, you know, you set your intention and then you go for it. And then those tools come, you know, all, all these different things. Like I, I saw the documentary Stutz on Netflix and it's about this, uh, Jonah Hill's psychiatrist, Phil Stutz. And the guy has tools. And I was like, I'm watching this documentary and I've been to therapy enough where I'm like, I can't believe some like this has been out there. Like this guy's not young, you know, Phil Stutz has got to be 70 years old. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like you can use this stuff on a daily basis and just help yourself. It's like, what? So then I read the, and I, he's got two books and he's got a co-author, Barry Michaels, but I don't want to diss that guy. Cause he's, you know, he's probably the one who got Phil Stutz to write the books um, or with him. And I mean, it's just wonderful. They got about 10 tools and then they've kind of morphed into other things, right? So, you know, you use something enough and then through your own process, all of a sudden you're like combining or doing the visualization in a different way. So like when you're saying you're seeing the, all of yourself, it's like, yeah, sometimes there's one of the tools where we, we and I don't know if we did it that day, um, it's called the vortex and you see a circle of 12 suns. And it's to give you energy to kind of like just get through the day, you know, because sometimes you just feel wiped out and it's like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. It's emotional. It's all this. So it's like to get your strength and get your energy. So you, you use the 12 suns to create a vortex of love and it pulls you up through it. So when I, when sometimes I don't use 12 suns, sometimes I use 12 versions of myself. Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned Stutz. It's something that I've wanted to watch and I haven't watched it yet. But yeah. people, so many people don't realize that trauma is stored in our body. It's not stored in the mind it's in our nervous system and when we work intentionally to release those sensations and those feelings that you're talking about it really gives us the opportunity to call in the highest versions of love and of joy into our body so that we can connect to our true spirit because it just you know you and i we we get it because we're practitioners of it and we want that for so many people i always say the hardest thing for me to digest is the fact that not everybody is on the path to wellness, but you can really only understand and reframe trauma to a certain extent through mental understanding, like talk therapy and things like that. Um, everything else um, to really clear the hyper hyper arousal of the nervous system. It's got to be done somatically. It's got to be done through the body. I've worked with, it's funny, like, you know, I've worked with a couple of therapists who've done it you know, and they've come to me and I'm like, well, you know, and we do this session and they, they get up off, you know, and they're like, wow, that's, that's great. I, I'm going to send some of my clients here because they have clients who are stuck. So to your point, like, you know, we've all been to therapy. I mean, not all, but you know, I'm, a lot of us have been to therapy and you can sit there. Like it's all, it's like the Woody Allen joke, right? Oh, when I see my therapist, well, how long have you been seeing that therapist? 30 years. It's like, you've yeah. been seeing the same therapist for 30 years. Like it's incredible. So you just want to go somewhere and tell someone your problems. And it's like, well, I don't, I, here's my analogy, Jen. I say, look, you got this house and you got these closets and in these closets, you got boxes and you got boxes and boxes of stuff, right? And you could take out 
a box and you can open it up and you can go through it and you can look through it and you can dig through it and you can examine all the papers that are in there and oh what look at this happened to me and that happened to me and this and or how's this we can just take the box and throw it in the dumpster that's outside and throw everything in that closet just throw it out who gives a shit what's in there at this point i'm 50 you know whatever and i'm like i don't care anymore i just want to be clean clear and enjoy my day and be focused and be present and be happy and today so yeah. going back to why you do the work i just i just do the work just to cleanse i'm cleansing cleanse. on a daily basis i'm cleansing i'm cleansing i'm cleansing i'm just it's like washing something well why are you washing the window because it got dirty yesterday well it's not really dirty it's like yeah but if i don't wash it today and i go back next month then it's gonna be filthy and i can't even see out it so you know what i'm gonna do today i'm just gonna wash it and i'm gonna move on i'm gonna throw those boxes out and i'm gonna move on you know what i'm gonna do tomorrow i'm gonna do the same thing you know what i'm gonna do the next day i'm gonna do the same thing I love it. That's it. It's my sadhana practice. Wellness, self-care, it's like, it's the hardest thing for people. It's like and you want to honor anything. that. Yeah, but people don't honor themselves. That's the people, point, right? people don't. And people don't. Many do. Many don't. I would say many do. Most don't. And yeah, I share a lot of hard all. truths. With my clients, I share a lot of hard truths. And I like right off the bat, when we first meet, I let them know. And I think that this is why I'll, I think this is why people will work with me because I just say to him, say to them, this is not a place like being with me in my space as we work together. It's not a place for your sad story. I, I am not a support group. If you're if we're working together, we're working intentionally. We're working purposefully. It's it's work. It's work. I like that. If you really want to get to the root of whatever you're suffering from, whether it's emotional pain, whether it's physical pain, two thirds of our physical pain is emotional, right? Yeah. And then when you say that to them, they you really ooh, you get like a deer in the headlights, and then you can see their wheels starting to turn. And some people are willing to go and start to break through very gently, and then some people aren't willing to go there. They want to take the pill. Or they want to ignore it. Um, and I'm not dissing Western medicine at all because I've taken enough pills and I've had enough poison pumped through my body as a on my cancer journey. And I'm very grateful for it because it's why I'm sitting chatting with you today. So um, I said I certainly don't want to get that message out there. I'm in support of of Western medicine, but also knowing that there are a lot of alternative ways to help people be the best version of themselves yeah, I as think, well. I think to your point, like, you know, and not everyone to a person, but everyone kind of wants a, the fix, right? If I can fix this with a pill, if I can fix this with a, a one-time deal, that's what I want. Uh, you know, it makes sense. Like, you know, like we just want to be efficient. It's like, you know, I want this to go away. But the problem with all this self-care and wellness is like, you're a human being going through this, you know, this human life. You brought stuff in from, you know, your spirit brought stuff in and your spirit will take stuff away. So how you, you know, what are you doing in this process? It's not to just, you know, hunker down and watch as much Netflix as you can to, you know, have as much fun as you can, you know, like, yeah, we want to have fun, but fun is, you know, what we really want to experience this joy. We want to have this deep satisfaction, this deep connection yeah. with the divine and with ourselves. And I think, I think that's the key right there. I think the the key word in all of this is connection to ourselves because I don't know if you have experienced this, but I've had a lot of people come into my life uh, sharing things with me, but you know, with the dispensaries on every corner, they are loving the CBD oil, but then whatever else they can buy, whatever fun you know, gummy or cookie or cake or, you know, different, whatever you can get in the dispensaries. And, um, and I, and I say to them, do you, do you realize that you could get that same quote unquote fix with your breath? You can get that same quote unquote fix. If you allow me to show you how to tap and, you know, you just get, Oh, Oh, that sounds really cool. I'll be right back. I'm going to the dispensary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking well, you could be saving you, so much money right now. <laughs> it's just well, it's about work, though. You know, you're asking people to do something. 
you know, and but, but then there's no connection there. There's still the connection is not there. If you're if you're going to the dispensary, if you're if you're taking a pill, if you're getting something else, you are not allowing yourself to connect. And like you said, it's all about connection. Some people are afraid to connect. Yeah, yeah. Fear runs the world. You know, like everyone's fearful, you know, so it's kind of like right now, one of the biggest things we I talk about is it's okay to feel your emotions. It's a natural, you know, your emotions are yours. They're, you're a human being. It's, it's a natural process. You want to feel your emotions because if you're going to tamp down your fears, your anger, it, it all runs on the same pipe. So you're wiping out your joy and your love at the same time. You, you just can't let it flow. It just, mm-hmm. you know, so you just have to be able to be okay with it. And it's okay to be in the observer on it too. You don't have to, you know, it's not always going to be, I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to be a teary mess on the floor and I can't get up. It's like, that's not the experience. That's not my experience. And that's not the experience I'm trying to give to people. I'm trying to give people, hey, let's, like I said, let's clean it all out. But then let's laugh. Let's dance. Let's move the energy in a way that's, you know, that's pretty outstanding. It gives me so much pleasure to do this. That's the, you know, like, that's the funny, you know, like, I just, you know, I'm happier today than I've ever been. I think it's because I'm both facilitating and doing the breath work as often mm-hmm. as I am. You know, I'm teaching anywhere from, I think, five to, you know, 10 times a week, you know, at times, you know, mm-hmm. between workshops and, you know, live classes and then the online stuff and then individual sessions. So I'm doing this, you know, I'm doing this a lot. So I was teaching breath work somewhere uh, in Manhattan. Uh, I had been certified in uh, the holotropic breath work. I had been doing the Wim Hof. I was a Kundalini yoga teacher already, you know, so the years of stuff that I, I had acquired knowledge, right? But I wasn't really, I, I never thought of myself as a yoga teacher. I didn't want to go work in a yoga studio. I didn't think like yoga flow, hey, look at me. I, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just wasn't my thing. Like, you know, I, and especially if you live in Manhattan, uh, you're very fortunate, at least before the pandemic, you know, there's always great teachers. There's so many people. It's like, you know, you get the, you know, you get the real cream of the crop. So it wasn't something that I was like really, pulling me to like teach but then i took a i i finished producing a movie um it was a it was a it was a tough job um to say the least and then um i had some time and i was like oh, you know what i i just i had been working for you know in that business it's typical to do a movie or a tv show and then have a break and then do a new movie do a tv show it's kind of like being a teacher you know you get your summers off but in the film world it's more like you get the winters off. So like, you know, around December through February, it used to be that you really didn't work. So, uh, but you know, with all the streaming stuff, it became much more every, you know, just jobs were rolling into jobs were rolling into jobs. So I've been working for, you know, several years straight. And then I just wanted to take a break. And I had a yoga teacher going off to, uh, he usually does an annual trip to India. And, um, he has a podcast called, uh, wisdom of the sages. His name is Raghunath Kapo and he's a wonderful yoga teacher and a wonderful spirit, spirit guide. Um, he comes out of the bhakti yoga lineage and he was going off to India and he was kind enough, India and Nepal, the India trip was just a few people. And I begged him to take me, to be honest. I was like, I will, I will be a good boy. I won't cause you any problems. Don't ever worry about me. If I, if I don't feel like doing something, I'll sit in my room. Don't worry, please do whatever you, you know. And then he, you know, he's like, I'll call you back. <laughs> you know, and so I was like, I was like, all right, that's cool. At least he's going to call me back. And then he said, okay. He's like, because in his lineage, if someone asks to go, you re- you know, you, it's your service, you know? So he takes it very seriously. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So I went off to India. I went off to Nepal with him. You know, it was like three week journey. And it changed everything. You know, it's like, it was very clear to me at that point, like, oh, you know what? I don't want to go back and do that stuff. I want to do this other stuff. And then I got home and then someone, you know, where I was taking breath work, I met the person and she was a Kundalini teacher. And then she asked me if I wanted to teach. So I was like, yeah, I think I do want to teach. And I started teaching breath work. And then, you know, fast forward a few months later, they were closing, you know, economics weren't working out, still pandemic time or whatever. And a couple of students were asking me what I was doing next. And I was, my sadhana practice would, was already part of, the BSR was already part of my sadhana practice, even though I wasn't calling it BSR, because I was doing this resistance stretching, eccentric stretching, stretching with strength is what I call it. 
Richie and I always talk about wellness and how it's a discipline and how that discipline needs to begin small, like a little shift, a little shift for wellness. (laughs) See what I did there? When it comes to your own practice, he believes very strongly about staying in your own lane as you build your practice. He says, do what's right for you right here, right now. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Do your own practice, not anyone else's. His practice is very strong. He's been doing it every day, sometimes multiple times a day for years. Hours of practice might make Rich happy, but if 15 minutes works for you, then that's all you need to do. Next, Rich takes us through what his BSR program is all about, how he developed it, and how he went from the film and production industry to the health and wellness field. So I had hurt my back just being active for so many years. You know, I, I, you know, I did karate when I was in my 20s. I played a lot of racquetball, play a lot of golf. I ran, I played basketball, you know, like I did it all. I got, a, I was in a motorcycle accident, you know, like there's a lot of reasons I was in a back, another I was in a biking accident, you know, I, I, you know, I put my body through a lot and, you know, again, I got to a point where my back was bothering me. Uh, they tried the epidurals, didn't work. They were like, go see the surgeon. And like, you know, again, I was just like, that sounds terrible. I don't want to have a back surgery at, you know, maybe I was 40 at the time. And I was like, that's just, you know, brutal because no one likes a back surgery. You never hear anyone like, oh man, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I, you know, by the grace of God, I'm away somewhere in Sarasota, Florida. We take a yoga class. This guy has a great yoga class. Um, and he's one of the, you know, again, like, so the dancing part, in the middle of his yoga class, a song comes on. And I remember this song. It's like the Redbone song, Come and Get, come and get Your Love. Come and Get Your you know, Love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you know, exactly. So, and he's playing like great tunes and I'm just like, yeah. okay. And then he's like, oh, freestyle, anything you want, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want you at, dance, whatever. And not the whole room breaks into like dancing. Some people are, you know, still doing their yoga poses, but it's like, it was awesome. And I was like, and that stuck with me. So I guess that's where the end part of BSR happens, right? When we do the dance at the end after the breath work. But he introduced me. He's like, I don't know. Cause I would always talk to everyone. I'm like, you know, I'm pretty, it, I'm pretty comfortable walking up to someone and at, you know, especially someone that I admire and be like, you know, and I said, I have a back issue. You know, do you have an L4, L5 disc issue? Do you have any recommendations, any yoga poses that you might, you know, do you know anything? And he looked at me he's like, no, I don't know anything. But I met these guys. And then he tells me about these guys. So I end up going to, I end up going to Massachusetts after that to go meet these guys. Uh, this guy, this guy, Bob Cooley. Uh, and he developed, he's called the genius of flexibility. And he's a little bit, you know, whatever. So I, you know, I met Bob and, um, I, I drove to Boston three hours. I stayed there from 10 o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock at night. And then I drove back home. And when you have a bad back, it, that six hours of driving in a day is not, not recommended. And usually what I would get out of the car after driving, you know, I would take like two steps and then there would be like a shooting pain down my leg where, I could, e- I could easily have gone down, like just, you know, fallen over, you know, I, at, at that point, I couldn't really sit on the couch. I couldn't watch TV. Like, you know, it was very uncomfortable life. Uh, but I got out of the car and I had no pain. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And the techniques that they showed me were assisted stretching, you know, where someone's pulling you apart. So I'm, I'm showing you my arm. So like someone would grab my arm and like pull it. Someone would like, and I mean, someone, he had like three or four guys. And I mean, guys like, you know, in their twenties who were fit pulling me apart. And, you know, and you're playing with the ego at that point where it's like, Oh, I'm going to show these guys, I'm going to resist as hard as I can. But when, you know, three guys are pulling at you, eventually you give up and it's like, Oh my God, you know, but Essentially, we pull, you know, what they're working on is the fascia. So in the stretching part, we're working on fascia, scar tissue, moving it around. And then after coming home, having that experience, I was like, wow, I got to go learn that technique. I went back up there and I spent three days up there to learn the technique. And this is before, you know, I guess before YouTube was so popular. And I don't think, I don't even know if we had a website yet. And, you know, so I was like videoing the guy who was teaching me and, and then that became my sadhana practice. So for the next like four months, I did, you know, a routine every day for anywhere from a half hour to 45 minutes. And that fixed my back. And I had no more back, you know, like, 
my back was good. I could go, I went back to yoga. I, you know, I could do anything I wanted at that point. So I kept that stretching part in my life um, forever. Like, you know, since that point, I kept that stretching point. And then when we added the Wim Hof and then we added the holotropic breath work, you know, it was all coming together. So when a student asked me when the place was closing, what are you doing next? I, w- I, I just, I said to her, I was like, you know, I, I think I'd like to teach a class that, like my class, my sadhana practice. In October of last year, I started teaching BSR. So I started, I combined the breath work with the stretching and I, and, and you know, and it, in the end, it's just all a release because when you're doing that kind of stretching, the stretching with strength, resistant stretching, eccentric stretching, what you're essentially doing is you're releasing tension out of your body. So I, so sometimes when I'm teaching a, a class, I'll, I'll work on one side of your body and you'll feel your left leg. We'll just keep on stretching your left leg. We'll do the hamstrings, you know, yada, yada. And then I'll have you stand up. And the difference between the left side and the right side is so no, it, it's like, you know, it's undeniable because it's like, what the hell, ha- you know, it's, it's like the left leg left, is the left leg is longer than the right leg at that point. <laughs> it's longer. It's more alive. It feels lighter. It feels yeah. more grounded. It's like, yeah. it's weird. It, All of that. Sometimes if you look at yourself in the mirror, you could see like, a, you could almost see the line down your face. So you could see like the left side would just look, you know, more alive. So they say mm-hmm. like to do these stretches, you know, there's a traditional Chinese medicine portion of this. So when you're, when you're doing these kind of stretching, you are working the meridian system. So you are moving the chi through your body. So you can work on specific things. You can, you know, so if you read his book, Genius of Flexibility, it, it'll describe like, exa- you know, if you want to work on certain traits. I mean, some things I don't find, you know, like to look better. Yeah, that's nice. But I'm not going to sit around doing stretches to look better. You know, right. I remember when I was when I first started practicing with you, I had no idea. Well, I knew you were a yoga instructor and I knew you were a breathwork facilitator. So I figured I had a pretty good idea of what I was getting into. And I'm a creature of habit. You know, we all have our own wellness practices and what makes us feel good and what we're comfortable with. And I like to do what I like to do because I know what the outcome is going to be. And I know the benefit that I'm going to walk away with. And practicing with you in your class, like right away, I was like, what? are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? And I'm doing it. I'm following you. And you're a very good instructor. And I remember the one analogy that you did say was imagining your arm wrestling with like when, when I'm, when I'm holding my knee in my hand and I'm resist, like I'm pushing against my hand and I'm trying to resist it, resist the knee with my hand. I'm thinking, I don't know if what I'm, if I'm doing it right. I have no idea. I'm looking around the room. Everybody else seems to be like doing the same thing. And then you did use that analogy that you shared. Imagine you're arm wrestling with a little kid. You're not going to go at it full force. You want to resist enough so that they work, but you're not going to slam the kid down. (laughs) You're not going to slam the arm down really hard. So there's, there's a resistance there. And then that really clicked for me. And I experienced all those things that you experienced. Like, I think we were even, I think you even had us sit in um, Dandasana. And so you could see how, you know, so you're sitting down for those who don't know um, yoga poses, right? Or the Sanskrit term in the yoga poses, we're sitting up straight on the floor with our legs out in front of us, our feet are flexed. And my right leg was like a good two, three inches longer than my left leg. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the other side. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, the funny thing is I combine that practice into the yoga world, right? So like, as I was, you know, because I'm a yoga teacher and I've been practicing yoga for so long and I love yoga. But I, what I found was like, I just can't figure out why everyone's not doing their yoga that way. Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, if you like yoga, and you like to stretch, it's like, okay, great, you know, but yoga can be so passive at times, like you're waiting for the instructor to come by and give you that adjustment or like, you know, all right, go to down dog and take your five breaths. I'm going to argue that yoga can be passive if you've got an instructor that allows you to be a passive practitioner. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I would, I, I said sometimes, and I will say that the tendency is, not to work as hard as you can. Like, you know, I, I've been to a lot of yoga classes. I don't, I don't see a lot of people like going into their warrior two in the deepest form possible. You might back off a little bit because it's really hard to hold that. And, 
you know, for me, it's just like, I like all these poses and I like the flow, but I also like the, I don't know. I just love the additional tension release that comes out mm-hmm. of the body when we're doing it eccentrically. I feel like I'm getting so much more out of it. And I get, and I, and I'll say this after I started doing this stretching, I did it for, like I said, for like four months to heal my back. I would pigeon pose became like my go-to pose. And mm-hmm. I'm a guy and I used to go into class and I used to see this woman, Jess, who would be my stronger class and she'd be in the front and she would start class in pigeon. And I'd be like, that's so unfair. It's crazy. You, know, you haven't like, even warmed up your muscles yet. So why are right. you even doing that to your body? Everyone is is that different... responsible? Like, I don't, I don't know that that's yeah. a responsible practice. Well, it depends on everyone's flexibility, right? She could be hyper flexible in her hips and you know, that, you know, and that's easy for her. But I'm just saying like, because, you know, we all do these, po- it's like you watch someone do a handstand. It's like, oh, I want to do a handstand. You watch someone do this slinky down, right? They, you know, they come up, they fall backward, they come back, they're in the handstand, they come, you know, it's like, how do they do that? It's like, you know, you want to do all this great stuff or what you perceive as great stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it was like, after I did the stretching, I realized how much I gained about 20 to 25% more flexibility in my body. And I'm stronger. Because I'm mm-hmm. using my own body strength. So I'm using my body as the weight to get my body to be stronger. So it was kind of like, it was all like clicking for me. And I was like, wow, I just, you know, I- I'm just going to put this into a class. So, you know, that's, and that's essentially what I did. So I've been playing with different, you know, different types of classes, you know? So like you said, like I, sometimes I do just a breathwork class. I do breathwork on the, like Wednesday nights and Friday mornings. I just do breathwork Tuesday mornings, Tuesday nights and Sundays. I do more of a breathe, stretch and release. I've, you know, I've done some movement classes. I, like I said, I've done some yoga classes with, you know, I'm just trying to figure out the balance and the student, right? Because the student really matters because some people come and they're not ready for heavy movement. They're not ready for a hit workout. They're not ready for a yoga class where we're going to, you know, move around for a good 25 minutes or, you know, even longer. So it just depends on who's there and, you know, and then we just work on it like that. You've, I think what, I think what you've landed on with BSR is something really beautiful because it's the stretching that everybody wants to get out of yoga. It's the strengthening that everybody wants to get out of yoga and the release that you get from the Shavasana at the end of the practice is just so lovely when you reap all those benefits and you just get to be in in relaxation pose, but you amp up that piece And that's when you bring the breath work in and the stretching and the strengthening during that practice opens your body up to receive this, this breath. And I, I, what I want the listeners to know is that again, as a seasoned yogi and as a seasoned breathwork practitioner, I'm in your hands. You've created a beautiful, sacred space for me to practice in. And again, as a creature of habit, when I was going through your first class, the first time I experienced it with you, I, I wasn't willing to go where you were leading me (laughs) and I'm lying there and I'm breathing and I'm doing the breath work that we were taught to do. And I'm like, Oh, this is fabulous. And then you led me into this huge circular breath, take a big inhale, take a big exhale. And I'm saying, no, you're taking me out of my comfort zone. I don't want to take a big inhale, take a big exhale. So I fought you for a little bit. And then I thought, oh, what the hell? Let me just do it. And so I start doing it. And I thought, oh, this is very interesting. And then, you know, you're having this little dialogue with yourself. You know, I'm having this dialogue with myself in my head. And then it was um, exhale, exhale, uh, exhale it all out and hold it. And I thought, Jesus, what are you doing here? So I'm holding it and I'm holding it and I'm holding it. And you're talking so calmly and leading me. And I'm thinking to myself, when am I letting go of my breath? And at the same time, I'm fascinated with myself because, and not really myself, I'm fascinated with the body because it was holding the breath for this crazy amount of time and didn't need to let it go. I'm like, what is happening right now? This is really incredible. And then, and there is something to be said about the way you lead 
the clash through that part when we're holding the breath. And of course, if anybody wasn't comfortable, they could just go ahead and breathe. Nothing's good. You know, release your breath. It's not a big deal. But I wanted to, I really wanted to experience it. And then when you allowed us to release the breath, it was the perfect time because then I believe it's just another huge inhale, right? And then we hold it at the top of the inhale. Uh-huh. I thought, oh, here we go again. What's happening? What's good? Now, now <laughs> it was like, now it was like I was watching a good Netflix series. What's happening next? What's going to be the next move? And so I was just, I was just going with it. I was just going with it. Like I was clicking on the next episode, then the next episode. And I was really being entertained by what my body was allowing me to do. And I was really happy that I was letting it do that. But I was only able to let it do that because of the space that you created for me to practice in. And that had to do with your energy, with your words, with your guidance, with your music choice, and you're very intuitive and all the things that you were leading me through. It was just, it was really beautiful. So it it allowed me to be very vulnerable with the uncomfortability. I remember that class because that was a high energy uh, playlist. We were at Satsang uh, Yoga out in Jersey in Westfield. And I remember driving out there and I was listening. I have a playlist called Make Me Move, (laughs) my own playlist. And I was like listening to all that. So then I got there and I was just like, and I was still grooving and I was like playing these tunes and it was just like going and going. And typically what we do in the hold, so we'll hold anywhere from 45 seconds to a minute and a half. That's essentially what, you know, because I, I did see someone else talking about it online and and they were talking about holds of like five minutes. And I was like, you know, that's not that's not the practice that we're doing here. So because he was talking about how it's unsafe to do that and combining the two. And I was just like, I've been, you know, I've never had any. No one's had any issues. And you can always, like you said, you could always take a breath whenever you need it. And then I just say, just exhale it out and just, you know, join us and where you are. It, you know, it's perfectly fine. You know, it's like. It's just your breath, you know, that's the other thing, Jen. It's like, hey, man, it's just not that serious. You know, like we go into this stuff and it's like, oh, my God, it's got to work. I want it. I got to be perfect. You know, like you said, am I doing it right? Am I doing it? It's like, it's not that serious. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're here doing the work. Give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be kind, right? right? It's the self-love piece. Be kind to yourself. Can you yeah. be kind to yourself? Like, why? you know, you're your worst enemy. You're your biggest judge. You're your biggest critic. It gets tiring, right? Do you hear yourself? It's like, let it go. Why are you doing it? You know, like you're doing it for yourself. Like you've done all this work. It's like, now I'm going to judge myself that I'm not stretching my leg the right way, or I'm not taking a big enough inhale, or I can't hold my breath for the whole time. This, this wacky dude who I don't know who he is, is making me hold my breath. It's like, just relax on it, man. It's just like, that's why. And that's why at the end, like, that's why we laugh at the end. That's why we dance. Because it's like, Hey man, like, Let's just let it all go and we'll come back tomorrow and we'll do it again because it's wonderful. You know, it's a wonderful practice. And I don't mean it like I'm wonderful. I just mean it like it's all wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, the practice is wonderful. It's, you know, just to keep on doing it. I love a sadhana practice. I love getting together with people in the morning and like creating that sacred space. And then in the what what is called the ambrosial hours, right, between four and seven, Mm -hmm. you know, four and eight, you know, whatever those hours are. I love I, those hours. I love them. They're so special. And people like look at you like you're out of your mind. And it's like, look, mm-hmm. man, if you want to stay up till 1230 or one o'clock at night watching Netflix and TV, that's your business. That's okay. That's none of my business what you're doing with your time. But I'm willing to trade those three hours to go to bed at 10 o'clock to give me those three hours in the morning so I can play and I can do all my stuff before my day so that when I am, you know, when someone meets me, um, here it is, Jen. I'm my favorite me. Yeah. There's your title. I'm my favorite me because that's the guy I want to be all the time. So now I found a way to go out and grab that dude and bring him back to me. It's like, Hey, where is he? I don't wake up that way. I've never woken up that way. It's created. You've created it. You've made the choice to be very intentional and very purposeful so that you could face whatever the day is going to bring your way. Yeah. Cause like, look, life happens. It doesn't mean no, Nothing, you know, good, bad, indifferent. Things happen all the time. It doesn't, you know, how you handle it, your reaction to it is your business. Yeah. That's where your power is. That's your business. That's it. You're talking about reaction. Are you? That, that's a whole other conversation we can have, but you're talking about your reaction to it. 
Well, if you, chances are, if you don't have that practice, you are going to react to it. And if you do have that practice, you're going to respond to it. And those are, you You know, we want to, I, w- I want in my day to be responding to things, to have that purposeful pause that this practice cre- allows you to have so you can respond to things rather than react to things. And there's a difference there. Yeah, just like what we talk, I talk about all the time, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to act on it. Doesn't mean you're good or bad. Doesn't mean it's a good or bad thought. It's just a thought. You create 60,000 of these things a day. Mm-hmm. We have active minds. They're getting more active all the time. It's mm-hmm. just, we just keep on creating, we just keep on feeding the beast. So it's kind of like, okay, so there's got to be a lot of junk in there, right? So, and 95% of our thoughts are the same thought we had yesterday. Yeah. And 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. So mm-hmm. we're in this negative mind loop that blah, 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 just keeps on spinning around. So it's like, wait a minute. If I can, like you said, create that space mm-hmm. between my thought and my action. Now that's everything. That's where my life is. That's where my power is. That's where everything resides there for me. All of my choices can be made out of that spot. And it's like, okay, now I can, you know, I can react and I, I can, I can choose to engage someone in conflict. That's not, you know, but as long as I have it, as long as I'm making the choice and I'm saying, you know what, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to say something, mm-hmm. but you might say it a little bit wiser. You might say a little bit, you know, sometimes I used to tell someone who used to like to fight, you know, with other employees, you know, it it would always be a very aggressive start of the conversation. And I would just look at her. I would say, you know what? Why don't we just find out what they want first? We can always fight later. Let's just see. Maybe they just, you know, maybe we don't have to fight. Maybe we'd skip that part, you know, Mm -hmm. but some people are just instinctually like right there. So it's like, if you can just pull it back, right? Mm Because, you know, the mind, the body, like we're not our mind, we're not our body, we're something divine, we're the soul, all this stuff, you know? So it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. You know, because if I cut my arm off, I'm still rich. If I cut my legs off, I'm still rich. You know, I'm still me regardless of this body. And this body is decaying every day. It's getting older. Eventually I'll leave my body, right? We all do. It's kind of guaranteed. We're going to leave. So if you're not your mind, you're not your body and you're something else. So then work with that something else. How do you tap into that something else? How are you working with your spirit? BSR Now is where you can go to find all things Rich Mancuso. His breathe, stretch, release technique is explained further with video tutorials. And while you're there, you can unlock 10 minutes of joyful breathwork for yourself. Whatever your takeaway is from today's conversation, make that this week's shift work. If you're on your own journey to find your favorite you, seek out Rich to get support to transform your body, your mind, and your life. Thank you for listening. I'm so honored that you stayed to the end. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, I'm asking that you take a moment to do so so you don't miss another episode. And while you're there, you can rate and review the show because reviews are super helpful for me and my work. Use your review as an opportunity to tell me what else you'd like to learn more about. You can even DM me on my Instagram at Jen Caputo and let me know what else you'd like me to chat about. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your night. Make it a good one. You are in control. And remember, it is not about being perfect. It's about being easy with the practice.